Where to? You're awake. Hi, I'm Kitty M, the All Geek. I'm here to take you through the land of Pod. This week is super cool. The Justice League trailer dropped, and I'm going to tell you why all the haters are wrong because of Beatles. Also, Life, the movie, came out. It's not about your life or my life. It's about aliens. It's kind of like Beauty and the Beast, because an unexpected guest rocks up, but not at all. It's going to make you scared of space travel and jelly snakes. <laughs> oh, and I'm finally going to get angry about Ghost in the Shell. <laughs> Come on, Player 2. Let's roll. Hey, Player 2. <laughs> Don't worry about the Orc bartender. Another disagreement about designated survivor. I got these things off the notice board so that we could talk about the Justice League trailer. I know, right? You're excited for it too. What the hell is with all the haters? I mean, I will get on the hate train with everyone else for most things because I have no soul and have achieved little in my life. So destroying the happiness of others is the thing closest to fleeting joy that I have in this world. But for example, I can tell you that your dog licks your tears only because they're salty and it likes a squeaky toy because it makes the same noises as animals in distress. Also, your cat is a psychopath who thinks it's your servant. Also, you're its servant. Iron Man is a literal weapon for a fascist government and Captain America is the product of you eugenics program. Dany from Game of Thrones is an illegitimate leader who is delusional in that she doesn't understand her only claim to power is that her family colonized an entire continent and basically tried to destroy the customs and beliefs of people on said continent. I mean, I can do this all day. I enjoy ruining things for people. It's pretty much the only thing I'm really, really good at. See, I just sucked one year of your life away just by telling you those things. So trust me, I enjoy dropping the big one on someone's parade and downplaying any achievements of anyone else ever. I mean, I created an entire family of sims just to kill all the other sims just to make one sim feel bad. I'm the abyss that eats your happiness. But I do think we need to have standards. And the Justice League trailer is above the standard. I mean, it is all of that and a pot of mushroom gravy. The best kind of gravy there is. It makes fun of Batman's lack of superpowers. The Batman-Aquaman bromance is far more impressive than anything Stark and Captain America can do. And the bad guys. The bad guys! It's the Blue Beetle arc. Were you not paying attention? They're bugs. It could be the Blue Beetle arc. This is perfect if it is. It can bring in Luther, Blue Beetle, Cyborg will definitely have a chance to shine, and even Young Justice could be mentioned. Plus, the whole Scarab thing is a true threat to the world. <laughs> Not just Joker and some stupid laughing gas. This is an actual threat. And the music. Did you notice? No bases were dropped in the making of this trailer. Which, thank the old ones. That baum is the enduring sound of your movie messing its pants with how good it thinks it is. But actually isn't. Oh, it looks so good. And you can bite my shiny one if you disagree, because I specifically shined it just for you, so you could bite it. I don't even care. I mean, there's other good news as well. Um, in Australia, Outlast 2 is now allowed. See, for the longest time, we didn't have an R rating in video games because people didn't know that video games were like movies and should be rated as such. They realized what they were basically doing was rating games MA15+, instead of the R they so richly deserved. And our rating system, as far as I can tell, is still pretty liberal in what constitutes stuff not for kids. Our MAs in America are R's because, I don't know, Straya. None of it matters to me. I played about 10 minutes of Outlast when it came out before I punched the ticket to Nopesville and never looked back. Because it's completely unrealistic. 
First, I don't go anywhere at night. I barely go anywhere in the day. And if I was to go anywhere where there was the hint of monsters, I would go with a fully charged phone, triple zero and speed dial, and I'm bringing my 2x4 no thank you stick with nails in it, just in case anyone decides to don't breathe me. And before I even encountered something creepy, I would get back in my car and drive away. I've been a journalist. They don't pay you nearly enough to uncover any of that malarkey. You can get your fair share of gruesome horribleness just doing a general beat. You don't have to look for it in some abandoned place that obviously has monsters in it. Nope. But I'm glad my horror-loving friends will have this. Good for them. And finally, another fairy tales movie trailer has dropped. It's called Dragon's Cry. I'm pretty excited because I'm a weeb. <laughs> also, there's a new Godzilla coming to Netflix. Because I guess they knew they'd have to apologise in some way for the hot steaming pile of garbage that Death Note looks like. What were they thinking? Anyway, player two, we better get out of here. We've got a lot to talk about. Do you like dark places? I hope so. That's where we're going. Hey, player two, get your popcorn. Yeah, it's a cinema. You know, not everywhere in the land of pod has to be a magical land. Sometimes we're just in cinemas. I can't do everything. You don't pay me enough. Actually, you don't pay me anything. Plus, some very big films came out. I thought the cinema would be a good place to talk about them before the film starts. Like Beauty and the Beast. You know, that was the first movie I ever saw in a cinema. I grew up in a country town. There's no cinema there. There's hardly any TV channels when you live in the bush, and the ones you've got are dependent on the antenna. So I used to go outside and move the pole that the antenna was attached to until my parents would shout that the picture was good. So when I was told that they had a surprise for me, that I was going to go do something I'd never done before, I asked if I was going in a helicopter. Because to be honest, I don't think I even knew cinemas existed. To give you an idea from how from the country I am, the first time we went to Sydney I said, there's a skyscraper, and I was pointing to a church. I actually didn't know what was happening when I went to the cinema until we were sitting in this huge cold room filled with chairs staring at a screen with the lights out and then the opening images of Beauty and the Beast emerged from the darkness. The beginning of Beauty and the Beast's animation is done in this stained glass style and I remember thinking if if it's this the whole way through I'll be happy. I was stunned, shocked. I think it was the first time I felt that rising feeling that tells you this is art, this is something special, don't look away, don't even blink. It was the scale of it and the colours and the feel of the cinema. Of course, the animation actually doesn't stay in stained glass, it becomes this beautiful, moving, Disney perfection masterpiece. You know, when I went home, I was overjoyed. I told my mum all about it and then got in trouble for saying one of the characters' names was Chip because... She thought I was saying a swear word. She's so disappointed with how much I swear now. It was such an important thing for me, and a good choice on my parents' part. Belle is who I grew up to be, but less Belle, more Beast. And yes, there are some not great lessons for girls to learn, but Twilight and Fifty Shades of Red Flags your abuser is waving are so much worse. Don't even get me started. But actually do. Okay, first, the beast is uncivilized and bitter, but he's not really violent. Does he handle relationships well? No. But arguably, he hasn't actually been in a relationship. 
if ever, and he was only young when he was transformed into a beast, that's got to do something to a person. So it's not like he's really learned the correct way to conduct himself in a relationship where everyone's equal. He's still an, an, he's still an adolescent in terms of things like that. And that's not a pass for his shitty behaviour, but let's be realistic, no one's born perfectly able to deal with relationships. Edward and Christian, by the way, are grown men. Edward is a vampire. He's like heaps old. It takes them much longer to learn how to not be possessive asshats than the beast. And I would argue that they never actually did. And also, why is it no one ever chooses the werewolf beast dude? I like vampires. I get it. Interview with the Vampire and Lost Boys are up there for me, but the Beast is a fox. I mean, not an actual fox, but wild hate for the intellectual dude who's super ripped and has lots of body hair. I say bring it on. It's an absolute rot that at the end of the movie, the Beast stops being the Beast and goes to being a boring prince. It's far more attractive and the prince is boring to look at. He just is. He doesn't have fangs or claws or anything. So, animation meant a lot to me. So I almost didn't watch the live-action version. I was scared because I have a lot invested emotionally in the animation. But this movie... It's the same amount of wonder as the original. The sets, the costumes, the humour... All embody what first drew me to this story as a little girl. I don't want to spoil a minute for you, but... It mixes the old story with the newer Disney one and tops it off with slight changes that make it something we can love today. It's this story about a girl who reads, who isn't afraid to show intelligence, and everyone thinks she's strange. And this guy who everyone thinks is ugly, but is actually quite hot and approachable. If you just let him be approachable. And he loves her because she's smart and strong and clever, and yeah, her name literally means beauty, but it's the outward stuff he's not concerned with. And characterization in this is on point. They got it so close to the originals in the animation. The servants, the clocks, the pots and the candelabras are different from the animation, more European. Same with the beast. But I think it helps. I enjoy what some people call European imagery. It feels less about perfection. The beauty is in how interesting and intricate it is. And that's what the servants are. They're interesting. But the thing that really got me... was the first song. Where Belle sings about the little town she lives in. And it's different. I mean, by inflection to the original, there's certain parts that seem warmer or more heartfelt than I remember the original being. The changes they make are good, so I think you should see it if you like musicals. If you don't, don't see it. By comparison, you could see life. I saw that as well. <laughs> it's different from Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it's similar in that there's these people stuck in this giant expensive house or international space station, and they get a guest, and the guest completely changes their lives and their perspectives on things. But instead of awakening love in unexpected places, they basically reanimate the apex predator against whom they have no defences and must find a way to save Earth from its deadly grip. So, like, different from Beauty and the Beast in that way. More jump scares, I would say. I watched a lot of that movie from between my fingers, and it was worth it. It was scary and gruesome and gripping. Like, literally, there's a lot of gripping. 
If you enjoyed Alien, I really do think they have some nods to it in there. It's also going to put you off jelly snakes and possibly jelly in general for life. And space travel. You're not going to want to do that. We just came up with that magic pill that makes us all young again. Isn't that going to be great for going to Mars? But seriously, after watching Life and Ghosts on Mars, I think we need to rethink that entire strategy. Now shh, play two. Movie starting. Don't talk to me through all of this and turn off your phone. It's really distracting. Hey, player two. You enjoy the movie? Yeah. This is lava. And we are in a boat. I like it when you notice things. We're here because of Ghost in the Shell, the Hollywood version. And that Death Note thing, but mainly Ghost in the Shell. It's time. Oh god, I can't believe it's time. Ghost in the Shell is the cyberpunk juggernaut about artificial sentience and relevance as living entities that Hulk smashed into the collective consciousness of anyone making a sci-fi film after that. It's about a woman who's a cyborg, more machine than flesh, who seeks to discover what it is to be human while punching people's teeth into the back of their skulls. My kind of masterpiece. But there's no doubt that the Hollywood version will be beautiful. Weta are brilliant, and it seems to be following the same beautiful designs of the manga and anime, which are key to your anime history knowledge, by the way. In fact, key to cinema knowledge in general. There's so much imagery and action sequences, even use of light and colour that you'll see in Ghost in the Shell that was later reused and reimagined in science fiction movies in later years. I don't want to see the Hollywood Ghost in the Shell, though. I know, people are excited. But if I go along, I'll walk out with worse eyesight than when I walked in. Because I'll have spent the entire movie eye-rolling the whitewash of one of the strongest Japanese lady anime characters of all time, while the film is heavily lifting every other aspect from the story. Oh, the iconic jump scene is something audience goers will really get behind, but a Japanese character called Kutsunagi, you're right, not enough of a draw card. Better get Skarjo in. I know, the creator says he loves what's happening. I know plenty of people who have no problem with it. And they can. And you can. You can all love the originals and love this and watch it and I won't stop you. Because I can't. I'm quite small and also I don't leave the house. But between this and the adaption of Death Note, which looks dreadful, I just can't anymore. Plus I heard what they did to Avatar. Which I know isn't an anime, but I heard what they did. My trust is gone. My biggest problem though is the whitewashing. Which, as a white person, I can't speak about in huge authority, but I see it happening a lot and I have a problem with it. There are people who speak out from platforms better informed by their actual experiences, and I'm going to leave you some of those people to follow in the description, and maybe you'll learn something. Which is always nice, I guess. An example I'd like to offer is Mad Max, that's meant to be set in Australia, by the way. Do you know what it's like to be an Aussie kid not hearing the Aussie accent outside of your own country? Then seeing a movie based in Australia with great Australian actors in it, but not in the lead role because... reasons. I love those movies. But I constantly cringe at my own accent because movies have taught me it's rough, coarse and unrefined. They'll use my lexicon, but not my voice. Or they'll use my voice to denote someone who's not me a caricature of what I'm meant to be, and that cuts, not as deeply as it must for others who don't even get to see faces that look like theirs, but it still cuts and I'm annoyed that it happens. And you know, as it's my money they seem to be after, let me just say, as a white cinema goer, stop insulting me.
The fact that someone out there thinks I won't go and see a film because unless it has a famous white person up the front is disturbing. I see films because I like the stories they're presenting. If you're not confident in your ability to draw me in and need the added bait of an A-list actor, that's your damage, not mine. Don't inflict your malfunction on me. The majority of films I go to see are not because they have someone I like in them, but the story I want to see. If it was all about my favourite actors, I'd see maybe one or two films a year. But Ghost in the Shell is a good enough story that if you've told it properly, it doesn't need a main actress to be recognisable as much as it needs her to be able to do the job. In other words, just get good. But here's the question I have for my fellow geeks, nerds and freaks. When did we get cool with everyone being the same? Did I miss a meeting? Every dystopian universe, every automaton horror, every fight every superhero has engaged in, every zombie story, every alien invasion, they're all about us railing against the idea that people should be the same. Horror, sci-fi, fantasy, theatre in general, and Hamilton in specifics, no matter your poison, it's about not becoming or not being like anyone else. It's about standing up, it's about wanting to survive and be recognised as equal. So why are we defending doing the exact opposite? All of our stories are either about adding more to the world or fighting to keep the differences we already have in it. Do you know why zombies are so scary? Because they're all the same. It's why we use it as an insult. Why do you care about mutants? Because they're being targeted for being different. And you're seeing someone like you doing awesome things in a movie is powerful. And having to use a substitute is shitty. And we know this. We know how bad it is to be ignored. Because statistically, if you're a geek or a nerd, you were the kid getting your head flushed and being laughed at for even dreaming of dating the hot girl or the cute jock. And even if we put all of that aside, Major Motoko Kusanagi, her personality, is that of a Japanese woman. Also, her name is Japanese. She's created, as far as I'm aware, by a Japanese company for the Japanese government. She's not meant to be conspicuous, and Scarlett Johansson in Japan, I would say, would be conspicuous. I hope she does well. Last thing I want is for you in the cinema to go in wanting Major Motoko Kusanagi and walking out having seen ScarJo being Black Widow as a robot in Japan. And if you're cool with all of this, that's fine too. You can be cool with it. I'm all for playing with canon if it adds something, or at least takes nothing away. But I saw people go crazy about Zazzy Beats being Domino, because how can a black woman be Domino? And that was ten flavours of stupid sauce on the idiot Sunday. And if you're one of those people, then you don't get to watch Hollywood Ghost in the Shell or Netflix Death Note and tell me it's totally okay. You don't get to choose. I mean, you do. Again, I can't stop you because I'm small and waiting for Keith Sutherland to call and ask me out on a date, so I can't leave the house right now. My point is, I want geekery to be inclusive. The way our stories tell us to be. And as long as we whitewash things and as long as we lock people out, we just won't be. I know we're getting there, but I don't know, I think this is slowing us down. And also this lava is eating through our boat. You should paddle harder, player two. I would, but I'm sm small and I don't want to exert energy, you know? Ah, back in the tavern again. It's nice to be back, hey, player two. I'm gonna stay around here. Hey, if you're out, 
I suggest checking out that new Archer game, uh, Archer in Dreamland. I'm not sure if it's out just yet, but if you like Archer, the animation series, I think you're going to like it. Oh, and if you do like Archer, definitely recommending Ghosted to you. It's a comic book. It has a guy in it that looks like Archer. He's, he's not like Archer, though. He's like if Archer was good and hunting ghosts. Yeah, I think you'll like it. Well, that's it, Plato. You should get going. Oh, while you're in Meat Space, maybe um, like me on, maybe uh, follow me on Twitter at ChaosKittyM or uh, at the Land of Pod on Twitter. Tweet out the new episodes each week. Um, like me on iTunes or whatever podcast you're listening to, and give it a good review, even if you didn't like it. Just you know, take one for the team. It's all good. You can also find me on Facebook. Kitty M and the Land of Pod. So, find me there. <laughs> I probably won't reply, I'm very busy. I'm going to stick around here for a little bit longer, player too, but until next time.